my god, I almost DM'd Michael the show notes. That's fun. Go for it. That's something I should do. Okay. You know it's my episode, right? Wait, really? You did R. Kelly last week. Yeah, but like, I thought this was... I'm kidding. I'm totally fucking with you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm fine if you want to do another episode, but I spent all day yesterday transcribing a documentary that's extremely upsetting, so... You know, you were working really hard on this one. You've been talking about it for a while. Yeah. This this is one that are like... I didn't have to look at the schedule. I knew that shit was coming. And if yeah. you look at the title, you can too. Yeah. It's an upsetting one. So this one's, it's a little different. Usually when we cover a documentary, we cover, like, we just, we do like a, just like a review of it. Yeah. But you've never seen this documentary, correct? Oh, no. Um, I can't handle most of things under this subject line. Partially, this is a story for another day, kids. Partially because, as you know, I was in a situation similar to this. I don't remember. As was Elliot. And Michael. You were the only one of the four of us who was not when that gunman came to UNH's campus. Are we not talking? I don't, I don't think you're talking about the same topic I'm talking about. Are we going to have to bleep this? Are we not talking about Columbine? No. <laughs> I like where you're going with that, though. We're going to be talking about Columbine eventually. That's just a teaser. This is... We're talking about Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, God, no! I thought you were saving that one! No, I'm talking about that I thought that that was later! I thought that was, like, April! That's Columbine, because it happened in April. Spoiler alert! Now I have to do the episode, because we've already teased it. But yeah, I'll be talking about Columbine eventually. Um, that requires a I little bit die. extra research because it's. I want to act because it's so big. See, like you I know, know what it's I mean? it's so weird, but I feel like I have to do extra research for that one. Yeah, but like I mean, we've covered like huge cases. I don't know. There's something about it. We'll talk about it when we actually get there. But this is. We're talking about the documentary on Netflix, Don't Fuck With Cats, that came out at the end of 2019. I'm about to get upset. And I think it was one of the, one of Netflix's like biggest releases of 2019, even though it came out on like, in like the middle of December of 2019. So oh, within wow. the, like the, the end that of- That window. Yeah. Within that window, it became one of like the most watched things, which is- Wow, didn't know that. Freaking crazy. I want to find one of my cats to just kind of like hold on to. He's behind you. No, or she, she's, be- she's, she's behind, behind me. Felix is on the couch and I'm trying to figure out, I wish, it's times like this where I wish I was Mrs. Incredible so that I could just kind of like swoosh my arms and yeah, then- big arm. Yeah. And then pull my, uh, pull Michael towards me. No, pull Felix <laughs> towards me. I'm my mother. Suddenly I am my mother. You go through all of the names until you hit the right one. Yep. Sometimes. Sometimes you don't even hit the right one. You just go, hey, you. Yeah. Well, so Caitlin has not watched this documentary. Yeah, Caitlin, for good reason. Well, two good not, reasons. It, do you know anything about this case? Um, I I know bits and pieces. I, I do you want me to say what I know or do you want me to just leave it at that? You can tell me once we hit the p- the parts that you can tell me. Uh, oh, it's much more general it. than that. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it's well, much more general than that. I but basically, like, yeah. I watched the documentary when, not exactly when it came out, but around the time when it came out. And uh, I remember being really interested in this case. And we're going to talk about the problems with that later on. Because if you've seen the documentary, you know that like there's a wider uh, message to be told with this case. But yeah. Um, so I watched it a while ago and obviously this was before I had a cat. I always like mm-hmm. when I was a little kid, I was more like dogs than cats, but like, yep. as I've gotten older, I'm like, cats are cool too. And cats then cool. I got you don't a have cat, to take them outside now, in a nor'easter to go exactly. pee. Exactly. It's so nice. <laughs> so now that I have a cat, uh, anything that I've read or seen of like, abuse with cats has been extremely upsetting yep you get a twinge in the ute i know so watching this again now having a cat is uh horrible um i will say even though the title is don't fuck with cats yes there's going to be talk of um animal abuse i'm not gonna get super duper into it thank you just because it personally is upsetting to me not to say hello Yes, I know. <laughs> but I'm the one that did all the research for the episode. Oh, but, no, 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 no. I meant Aunt Bean. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant to you. I mean, also to me, yes. But I meant, like, you don't want to say that in front of Bean. You don't no, want to put those those little thoughts into his head that he's some big on the ground bad wolf week. is going to come get him. Um, but this is also not to say, I know, like, as soon as I say that, we'll get a comment. This is not to say that... Uh, abuse against humans is not also equally upsetting right it's i don't know people react to certain things differently and i think that part of the psychology behind this i say this because i believe i read an article on this is that when it's happening to people more likely than not children that's all it's also kind of why children are more like deaths of children that's more upsetting than Mm -hmm. that of adults because they don't understand what's going on. They don't know that they're in like a dangerous situation yeah. and they're so innocent. And that's the thing with animals too, is that yeah. they have no not idea. To say, not to say that a, an adult victim is not innocent. But yes, but they have some idea. Oh, I'm in a bad situation. Like, like, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, for heaven's sakes, Colleen Stan. Yeah. Like she was when like, she was oh shit, this is a bad situation. I need to like, I'm being traumatized. But I need to not fight back because I'm being traumatized in the sense of my family is being threatened. I am being threatened. Like, yeah. everything I love is being threatened. The kids don't even realize, the, the pets don't even realize that they are even, they don't get to that point of realization. I think it's also like a projection thing. Is like, I have a small cat. Yes. And what happened in this story is about small cats. Right. So I feel like, if I had a small son and I was yes. telling the story of James Bolger, I would yes. also be equally upset because it's the projection of like, this could happen to this little thing that I have in love. Yes. That was part of why when I, when Sandy Hook did happen, just to like briefly touch on, I know I talk about it too much. I know. Okay. I know. Um, the ki- I was a nanny at the time and my youngest I called them my kids. Um, But my youngest was in the first grade, which is what a lot of those kids, that was the grade they were in. 
Exactly. And if you can relate to something in a yeah. case, then it becomes so much more personal to you. Well, and they played soccer. Like, they played soccer with the siblings of some of the kids that were killed. Yeah. And so, like, he would play with them. And it's just like... Yeah, it's the connection like, you have to the when case. You, yeah, when you can imagine that connection, however it may be, it's worse. It's it's because your brain does stupid, fucked up shit sometimes. Yeah, I mean... Sometimes it's this. Sometimes it's, well, what if I just veered into traffic right now? <laughs> just to be sensitive across the board, I'm not going to go into, the, like, the super details... In, and I'm going to give timestamps. Um, Thank you. If you are sensitive, if you want to skip um, in the do- like, I'm basically transcribing the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest, uh, I watched the documentary and typed all this out as I was watching. Yeah. Uh, it's three parts. Most of the video that is shown that they, they, I mean, clearly they're not going to show a video of animal abuse in right. this documentary. Right. Right. They show clips from the beginning and there's some audio that you can hear maybe during maybe like somewhere in the video okay it's it's like a i think the the abuse video itself is like a 10 15 minute video um they show like a 30 second clip of it and i'm just gonna give timestamps if you want to skip it i per, like the second time around i personally skipped it you're not gonna miss anything if you want to skip it and it's mostly in the first episode of the docuseries it, the docuseries is three episodes. That's good to know. Um, but the, spoiler alert, the murder video um, is in the second and third part, the very end of the second uh, episode and okay. uh, the third episode. I'll give a little timestamp of that. They show less than nothing of that video. Okay. So I, I wouldn't say that there's anything to be traumatized of that video. They do describe what is happening which is it can be upsetting so um yeah. if you need to skip that for your mental health you're like i encourage you to go and skip that yep but it shouldn't stop you from watching the docuseries if you're interested but if you are still afraid to watch it this is literally the entire docuseries so yeah. uh enjoy now you know now you know so instead of waffling any further here we go so the docuseries starts with Deanna Thompson explaining the two sides of the World Wide Web. Side one is the light side, and it's full of pictures of your friends and vacations and people's cute babies and kittens and puppies and all this lighthearted stuff we see all day. Buzzfeed quizzes, that kind of bullshit. My shit. Yeah. And uh, side two is probably the side that not a lot of us will see. And that's the dark side of the web. And it's full of things like videos of horrible car accidents, Iraqi beheading videos, oh. um, extremely gruesome porn and torture, nah. and just just some rough, rough stuff. Um, so everyone basically acknowledges that there is this dark side, but there's not a lot of action going forward to stop it. The, the internet is this wild west place that anything can happen. Yeah. Um, that is until you break the unwritten rule zero of the internet. And that is don't fuck with cats. And yes, you do not fuck with cats. And don't full disclosure, when I first heard about this, I did not look too much into it. And I did think that it was like one of those America's Funniest Home Video type compilations of just people trying to like pour water on the cat and they get kicked in the nuts or like something like that. Yeah. I know now. 
by the way, that that's not the case. No. I know now that I've known for quite a while now that I am stupid. Yes. But I mean, the, the, either title, way, is also, the title is also misleading because, like I said, as there will be descriptions of animal abuse, it leads to a much larger crime that we're going to be talking about. Right. So uh, that's just like the intro to the first episode. And then you get into like the um, the intro credits that play before every episode. And that mm-hmm. is it's just full of like this gripping music and clips of news reports of a crime that we're going to get to in a minute. But yeah. it's basically like all of these different news stations and clippings of newspapers showing this crime that we don't know about yet. If you're watching for the first time. So um, after the intro credits, we begin learning more about Deanna Thompson, who just seems like a badass bitch. Like she seems so funny, so nice, so crazy. So she lives and works as a data analyst for a very large casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Ooh, cool. And her job basically runs the city. She says in the documents in the docuseries quote i'm responsible for all of the technology in the gaming industry anything to do with slot machines table games i have a hand in it end quote Damn. that is that is the city las vegas yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it like the city runs on these casinos that's so, like yeah that's their income oh wow if she has a hand in all of that she's running the city which that's is insane. impressive like so i could never right Dave could never also, your fave, I mean, uh, you, obviously, you're my fave. Also, data an analyst like that. It sounds like it's just a lot of numbers and a lot of like boring entry. Not always. My first job out of college was a data analyst. Really? Yeah. It's it's Excel spreadsheets. Hers, I'm sure, are more complicated than the healthcare yeah, system because it's like a full like events casino. for people in the healthcare <laughs> system. Like not even like healthcare. Yeah. But yeah, it's. It sounds very complicated for her keeping track of all of that. I'm sure it's very complicated. I'm not trying to discount her job. I'm saying in my experience, if like you or I were doing data analysis, it would not be nearly on the same level as her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as we're going to get to, she clearly has to be very detail oriented and clearly has to like be able to find like the teensiest little thing. Yeah. If it's wrong, she has to be able to identify that immediately and rectify the situation which we're gonna learn is like a key thing in this case so i love her already and you have to you have to realize like she's just a regular ass person yeah (laughs) like she is not involved in law enforcement in any way she works for a casino like she's not an fbi agent cia none of that stuff so she calls herself the textbook definition of a computer nerd um, she basically says that after work, she'll go home, play with her dogs for a little while, and then fires up the computer. And her internet identity is body moving, B-A-U-D-I period M-O-O-V-A-N. And this is from a Beastie Boys song. And um, she just uses that as to be the, the most anonymous person she can be online. Yeah. And, um, she, d- she goes on to describe how she enjoys that online she can be anybody. She can be right. She can be smart in a field that she's not the most uh, knowledgeable about. She can be funny. She can make a difference. She can just be a completely different person than who she is in real life. So it's kind of an escape from whatever she has to do on a normal day. Um, she says that at the end of 2010, 
uh, her relationship was coming to an end and she was looking for something to basically just take her mind off of it and sink her energy into. And that's when she sees the first video of uh, two kittens being suffocated in a vacuum seal. Nope. 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 I have two kittens. I will suffocate them with my love and that's about it. So this is where some people obviously are going to want to skip. Like I said, they're not going to show the whole um, video, but there are clips of a young male in a teal hoodie with the two kittens and the timestamp provided by a variety article titled A Cat Lover's Guide to Don't Fuck with Cats um, and confirmed by me is from around six minutes and 45 seconds to seven minutes and 50 seconds. I would say around like six minutes and 10 seconds, they start showing like the beginning of the video with him and the two kittens. And you can tell that it's going to be upsetting. And I didn't even want to see what the kittens looked like because I I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Then they get names, personalities. They get the whole nine. Yeah. Especially with a cat sitting next to me as I was doing this research. I didn't want to. So about six minutes and 10 seconds in, you can skip without missing anything up to like just before eight minutes in. Um, So naturally, as a cat lover and all around decent human being, Thompson is very upset and horrified and enraged by the video. And the comments section of the video was just lit up with people having the same reaction. Uh, People were saying that they would report him to the authorities and have him arrested and that he would go to jail and burn in hell for this, obviously. But Thompson had a little bit more of a rational sense. I mean, clearly no one knows who this guy is, where he is, who are you going to report him to? Like, yes, you can be so enraged, but like, there's nowhere to put this anger. You don't know who this is. Like, you don't know who to report him to. Like you're shouting into the void. Um, so to be a little bit more proactive, a Facebook group was created for people whose mission it was to find out who this guy was and to take him down. And this is where we meet John Green, not the author. (laughs) I was going to say brother of Hank, (laughs) not the author, John Green. This is a completely different guy. Super badass. Sounds like the coolest dude. Both great Um, people. Yes. Uh, Thompson describes uh, her like she like, picked him out in the group initially because she described him as um, quote sticking to the facts he wasn't getting emotional um, so he was the kind of person that was not like you're gonna burn for this asshole he was just like yeah okay we need to figure out who this guy is now we need to figure out what to do about it like he was trying to be proactive about the situation yeah um, John Green is from Los Angeles Okay. And was equally as outraged as Thompson, obviously. Um, so from here on, um, when the hunt has begun for this person, there are going to be tiny, like five to ten second clips of the video, but kind of only of the room itself, like atmospheric, not right. of like the abuse or anything. Right. And they mention what happens to the cats, like I obviously already told you. Yeah. But they're, they're not going into detail. So um, you can skip it if you want, but it's kind of hard to like pick out teeny tiny moments. So Green starts his investigation by going to the profile that posted the video. And that is you only wish 500, the letter you only wish 500. And he notices that the profile has also liked a video of the trailer for the Leonardo DiCaprio slash Tom Hanks movie, Catch Me If You Can. Have you seen this movie? 
Yes, I have. Yes, it's a fantastic Great story, movie. true story. And yes, we will do an episode on it eventually. It's a true crime pop culture thing. We're gonna we'll get to it. Yes. Plus, um, like honestly, if it's got Tom Hanks in it, I'm a slut for Tom Hanks. If it's, it's got Tom fan, Hanks in it and it's true crime. Movie. It's a it's a brilliant movie, but also if Tom Hanks is in it, I will cover it. Yes. Like um or we but, will cover it, but I will make sure it is covered. If you are in the United States, I know it is on Netflix right now. It's so is. you can go ahead and watch it. Uh basically it's the story of this fraudster who evades the FBI throughout basically throughout the entire movie. Yeah. So Green took this to mean that this person was basically challenging everybody to find him. Like he was pretending to be, to be Frank Abagnale, I think is yes, his Abagnale. name. In the movie. Yeah, yeah. Frank Abagnale Jr. Yes, yes. So Thompson said that the Facebook group was just too focused on trying to find out exactly who this person was, which is nearly impossible. Like I said, shouting into right. the void. Right. But. You can use other clues from the video to find out where this person is. Let's start with that. So the room was this small, cramped, maybe eight by 10 uh, room, but there was a bed and a table, a chair, a dresser, and something that could be a really big clue, which you wouldn't think of, a wall outlet. So wall sockets in different parts of the world look very different. Obviously, a plug in the UK looks different than a plug in the US. It's true. That's why you have to get these different extensions if you're going to go abroad. When you write, you write. Yeah. So to make things make more sense, Green created a layout of the room so that the group can get an idea of where things were. He watched the video multiple times, God bless his soul, um, Mm. and mapped out this room. And notice that there's this pretty unique wolf bedspread. Um, Thompson found out that it was being sold on eBay by a company in North America, and there was only one buyer of this bedspread, but they couldn't see who the buyer was, and Uh the seller shipped internationally, so it was kind of a dead end. Damn. Um, That seems so close, though. I know. Don't worry. They get so much closer in different parts, too. So listening back to the video, just listening... Voices can be heard off camera in an unknown language. Another group member, Nisi Punk, who lived in the Ukraine, identified the voices as being Russian. And the voices are a little bit muffled, maybe staticky, and at one point they cut out completely with a click. So the Facebook investigators find out that it is a Russian sitcom. They find the episode and even the moment in the episode. So they were able to figure out that this person was trying to mislead them. So like... There wasn't other people in the room. He was just playing this sitcom to try to like fool people into thinking he was in Russia. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Thompson says, quote, we spent weeks on this Russian bullshit. I spent 16 hours looking at fucking doorknobs in Lithuania. End quote. (laughs) Um, It's not funny, but like it is. That is funny. That's a funny quip. Yeah, exactly. Um, So then... Another video appears. And um, so it's around 17 minutes in. It's a video and some pictures of the dead kittens. Mm-hmm. You might want to skip that. So Yeah, if I could, I would. Yes. Well, you didn't have to see the image. I know, I know, I know. And thank you for your service. Um, the group receives a link 
from what Thompson describes as a sock puppet account. And this is like a burner account. It's a fake name, fake profile, and it basically just gets deleted after something is posted. And uh, this link is a photo of the person in the hoodie with the two kittens, but the face is pixelated. Uh. So this is horrifying because it basically, um, he's adding more fuel to the fire of the group, but it shows that he was following the investigation and he had infiltrated the group. So he was figuring out what these people were, were watching and were looking for. Yes. And there were concerns from some people in the group for their safety at that point because there were a lot of people in the group who had public profiles with a lot yeah. of personal information on it. Oh, God. I mean, Dina Thompson used the moniker Body Movin, so, like, she wasn't very worried. And John Green had, like, a, um, like a, not like a burner profile, but it didn't have a lot of personal information. It didn't have his own photo as a profile picture and everything. Right. So, like... Those two weren't too concerned, but there was a lot of people that had like a lot of personal shit on there. Yeah. Like, and um, especially if you're listening now and you have any form of social media, have somebody look at that from a non-friend perspective and make sure that your children, your address, your license plate, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Nearly everybody that I have said this to has been like done it and been like, Oh, you can see that my daughter's name is Ava and she goes to Sunnyside Elementary and her teacher is Miss Higgins and they're in the fourth grade. And I'm like, yes, you fucking can. And crazy people like this are the reason why you lock it down. And if you have any photos of yourself near your car with your license plate displayed. Yep. Get rid of that shit. They can find you. Um, I, I, I mean, just a plug. I have an Instagram for Bean that I post pictures of him. Basically just so my mom has pictures of him. Um, but she should. He has a collar with my personal phone number on it. So yep. any picture I post, I have to make sure that my phone number is not visible on his fucking neck. <laughs> because there was there was just something with the celebrity about that too. I think actually that like I don't remember if they like had to change their phone number or if it was like not their dog and they had to say it wasn't their dog or something. But like very similar like fans zoomed in were able to make out the phone number and the address on this Horrifying. like it, pet on tag a, a pet tag yeah yeah which you need to have in case your pet gets out yes it's fucking yeah. ridiculous it's it's social media is a blessing and a curse and i think that's all i'll have to say about that yeah basically so um getting back to the doc um although the release of a new video was of course heartbreaking because you didn't want to see it um, yeah. gave the Facebook investigators even more clues to look at. Um, the video was so shaky, it was hard to pick out specific things. So someone in the group took all of the footage from both videos and converted it into just still images. And it converted into like tens of thousands of images. Um, from these images, you can see a pack of cigarettes on the bed. And Ooh. yes, this is a huge clue because cigarettes look different around the world. Exactly. And this box of cigarettes, Marlboro cigarettes, had a Surgeon General's warning on it, which is North American. Oh, that is so fucking smart. Um, Thompson says in uh, the doc that like, that doesn't mean he didn't get them somewhere and 
immediately travel somewhere else. But it can be a clue. Um, there was another huge clue was a yellow vacuum cleaner. A pretty distinct looking vacuum cleaner. Yeah. And Thompson says that another tenant of the internet is, if you can think of it, there's a forum for it. So sure enough, she finds a vacuum repair forum and posts the photo asking for information. The forum was able to identify the exact make and model and find out that it is only sold in North America. She went to Reddit, didn't she? I don't, I, it didn't say what forum she went to, but it was just like a vacuum forum. If anybody knows those Jared jewelry commercials, it can only be Reddit. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, but this is pointing, like, now we're, we're narrowing down. It's pointing closer and closer to North America. Yeah. Um, so, as if things couldn't get any crazier in this case. An animal rights biker gang in New York City now gets involved. I love it already. Yeah. So Joe Panzarella, I think that's how you say his name. That's Of Rescue Inc., which is like a TV show of these like huge bikers uh, rescuing animals. Ooh. Um, Now that I'll watch. He describes the organization as a, quote, in-your-face approach to animal abuse and neglect. We do whatever is necessary within the means of the law. To rescue animals out of a bad situation. He literally shrugs when he says that. He's like, eh. We we might bend a couple rules. We might have some loopholes. Oh, there is definitely some knee breaking. Oh, 100%. And that's exactly what I was picturing, too. We're just busted kneecaps. That's fine, though. Do what you gotta do for the little animals. Um, So he says that after seeing the video, he contacted his sister, who works as a psychologist and who had studied criminal profiling oh that's handy um she says that this person was doing this for shock value that he needed attention it likely wasn't the first time he had done something like this and it probably would not be the last and worst of all she believed that this behavior was going to escalate oh great if you recognize anything from that list, congratulations, you've listened to the podcast. It's true. But also, these are all early warning signs of a possible future serial killer. Yeah. Like we say, it start, the, the triad is starts with animal abuse, starting fires, wetting the bed. Yep. That's the triad of a serial killer. It's not and 80s tracksuits and big giant glasses. Yeah. Um, it's not the law, but like it's, it's, it's trends. Yes, it's it's psychologically pro- like there's it's like a profile. Exactly. Um, so Panzarella shared the story of the animal abuse, along with a reward for information to his over 100,000 Facebook fans because of his TV show rescuing. Yeah. Um, Love that. Which Thompson and Green believed greatly jeopardized the investigation pretty much. People started posting profiles that they claimed could be the perpetrator based purely on speculation, being like, it kind of looks like this person. It kind of like, based on no information, they were just like saying, it could be this person. Like, just anger, anger posting. Um, But amidst the chaos, um, someone posted something that caught people's eye, and it was a profile called. Jamesy crams a lot in his ass. <laughs> that was the profile name. I love um, it. And he posted a vulgar comment, which led people to look at his profile. 
And on his page, there was a video of a cat being abused, not by him, but like he, he had shared this video. Um, if you get to this point in the doc, maybe skip a little ahead. They show a, a tiny clip of it. It's pretty upsetting. I didn't want to watch it, but go ahead and skip that. I don't have the exact timestamp, but you'll know when you get to this point in the, in the episode. Okay. Um, but his profile picture could possibly resemble the guy in the kitten abuse video. Mm. So Penzrell's sister said that since this person clearly craves attention, maybe they should just ask the guy if he was the one in the video. Like he would want to like if, if he infiltrated the group and posted this vulgar comment, he knew people were going to look at his profile. He wanted the attention for it. So yeah. To start a dialogue, pretty much, and get some more information, um, they messaged him and asked if he was the person. And he commented back and said that it was him, but his profile didn't give up his location. Uh. So the Facebook investigators started to look at his friends list to see if there was any clues that would lead him, uh, that would lead to like his location. So a lot of his friends were from Namibia, in Southern huh. Africa. Yeah. Um, so they were able to look through his friends list and like through his friends, find out who this person was. Oh, that's yeah. smart. Also, public service warning, make sure all your friends also have uh, yeah, private yeah. accounts. Yeah. Because they can give up your information as well. It's true. Not cool. It's true. That's um, how fun fact I found out that a friend was being catfished once. Because yeah. all the photos that they were being tagged in were not of the face in their profile picture. Exactly. Hey. Um, so as everyone on the page celebrated, like, yay, we caught this person. Thompson and Green weren't sure. All of the research up until now, like I said, pointed to North America. Yeah. And after a reverse image search of the Jamesy profile picture directed them to a male escort site, they knew that whoever Jamesy was, he was a catfish. He was using oh. random photos as his profile. Was the guy my friend was going to date. Right. So when Thompson and Green showed the information to the rest of the group, they were just dismissed. It was one of those mm. things that, like, we found the person, we're locked on, like, case closed. Like, they, they kind of just wanted the case to be closed so badly that they were willing yeah. to, like, take who they saw it was. Um. Thousands of people descended on the Jamesy profile. Thompson said people were out for blood. That yeah. they were just commenting relentlessly, you're going to burn for this. Fuck you. We're going to find out where you are. We're going to report you. Just, it's like thousands of people. Yeah. Um, not long after, it was revealed that the real person behind the account, Edward Jordan, had taken his own life. Oh, no. Yeah. Jordan had been battling depression and other mental health issues at the time. And while it it can't be linked that this was the reason he took his life, uh, I'm sure it couldn't help. No. And I'm sure that that's also probably why he said that he was behind it. Just, Just shouting into the void, some notoriety, some... Something, yes. Something. Well, and, you, and also, we don't know what those other mental health issues are. It could have been exactly. just, like, psychosis or something. There wasn't a ton of information on him in uh, the docuseries, but... That's so sad. Just, yeah, just amazingly upsetting. Just a reminder of, like, you don't know all of the information, so maybe uh, don't try to jump down somebody's throat. 
Yeah. A reminder <laughs> to like, be nice on the internet. I yeah, know it seems like an oxymoron. Just do it. It just seems like with the internet, it seems like you have all of the information because you can get any information you yep. want, but you don't have all of the information about someone's personal life. So when you're talking to a person, maybe chill the fuck out a little bit. Yeah. Act as if you're, you know, talking to them in person, in public. Exactly. So eventually, um, some members of the group received messages from another sock puppet account that said that the person they were looking for was named Luca Magnata. And <gasps> I a, recognize this name. Yes. yes. <laughs> a quick Google search revealed hundreds of links that showed Luca Magnata was a model. There were pictures of him in expensive cars, on luxury vacations, headshots, photo shoots, and more. Tons of information. There were even hundreds of fan groups on Facebook, just people singing his praises. Huh. And he was even rumored to be dating Madonna. So, oh. Yeah. And although he did look maybe similar to the person in the video, Thompson and Green said that they were hesitant to bring the information to the group after what happened with Edward Jordan. Right. Because yeah. you don't want to start that madness again you don't want to drive no. a person to take their life because of speculation it yes. starts to get a little crazy especially with all of the people like thompson said out for blood in the group instead they decided to create a private hidden facebook group and only invited a few select people that they could trust with this information um they still couldn't pin down his location because there were photos from him literally all over the world yeah but they did find a three-year-old video of his audition for a male model reality show where they could tell by his accent that he was likely from North America. And upon further investigation, the show, Cover Guy, was a Canadian TV show. So, while Thompson started to doubt if a successful male model could be this attention-seeking kitten killer, yeah. Green noticed something odd about Magnata's photos. With a little more attention to detail, you can start to see that the faces weren't really matching up with bodies. There was some alignment issues, some uneven lighting, and a closer look at the fan accounts showed multiple comments saying basically the same things in the same way. And so it became clear that most, if not all, of these fan sites were created by one person using oh up God. to 50 accounts to put all of these comments in crazy um one link uh for an article by jack worthington of the toronto sun talked about how magnata was upset that he was rumored to be dating carla homolka <gasps> yes that's the name yeah you're gonna remember that this is one half of the barbie and ken murders yes. one of the biggest murder cases in canada canada yeah yes she was like enemy number one in canada yeah um you could obviously we have an episode on it but there's a little more um exposition on carl homolka in the docuseries if you want to go ahead and refresh yourself um so magnata claimed that he was losing work and his life was being ruined as a result of this rumor thompson believed that he used his many sock puppet accounts to start the rumor himself to get in the news Oh, my God. Yes. But who would want to associate themselves with a serial killer? Obviously, well, this person. We've, we've had some people on our Instagram comments that seem to be interested in that. Yeah. So now truly believing that this was the person with the personality they were looking for, 
the Facebook investigators just needed to find him. And this is where it starts to get intense. Um, They began combing through all of his photos for clues. They processed every one of the images in a search for the EXIF data. And this data um, provides information on, like, the model of the camera, the date the image was taken, even GPS coordinates. You can do this with your own photos. Um, Like, put it into, like... um, uh, an exif data ripper and find all of your information Love i actually <laughs> i had like if you take a photo with your phone it yeah, gps tags it'll do where that. It is. yeah yeah so i actually did this because there was a bar that i went to in manhattan that i remember really really liking but <laughs> i didn't remember where it was but i remember i took a photo there ah. so i found the photo found the gps coordinates and found the location of uh the bar so look at you yeah you can do this yourself if you need to find something but also remember other people can Can do do the same yes yeah creepy (laughs) so yep um finally they got a hit on one of his photos and this photo is of magnata sitting on a shades lounge in a fancy department store and it pinged to toronto canada even more, the photo was dated October 25th, 2010, a month before the abuse video came online. So they were pretty certain that he was Canadian in Toronto when the crime happened. Oh, my. Green then started the search for Magnata's address. One of his photos was taken outside an apartment building on a balcony about three to four floors up. Green took note of the intersection um, and there was a notice that there was a Petro Canada gas station on the corner. And while there are hundreds of this gas station in the area, green remembers a whiny blog post from Magnata about paparazzi harassing him outside of his apartment in Etobicoke. There are only six Petro Canada gas stations in Etobicoke and using street view green quickly finds the one he's looking for. And therefore the address to the building. It's then that the investigators have enough information to go to the Canadian authorities. Basically, they have this guy's address, and they're pretty certain that this crime happened in this apartment. Um, And although it took some convincing, the police eventually did go out to the address, and the person who answered the door confirmed that while Magnata had lived there, he recently moved to Russia. Mm. Yeah. So months went by, and the investigation kind of died down. There wasn't any new leads or anything. Um, and obviously with the investigation dying down, interest in the case kind of dwindled. Fizzled, yeah. Until a new video suddenly appeared online. And this is timestamp 53 minutes and 50 seconds to about 54.20. And it's of a cat being drowned in a bathtub. Oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, later that day, another video was uploaded about 54 minutes and 50 and 44 seconds to 55 minutes and 50 seconds. And it shows uh, a kitten being fed to a python. Mm, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Again, they don't show like exact clips, but yeah, but you know, particularly that second video is, I don't want it. Not great. Um, I, I, no. So now we're getting into some pop culture connections. Cause this is pretty crazy. So Thompson saw the username of the person who uploaded the video and knew that it had to be Magnata. The username was Leslie Ann Downey, and that 
is the name of a victim of Ian Brady and Myra Hindley, who are the Moore's murderers, which we're going to get to. Yes. Um, this last video garnered some attention from outside the group. Um, journalist Alex West of The Sun in London received a message from one of the sock puppet accounts claiming that Magnata <laughs> was in London at a specific hotel. So West went to the hotel with a voice recorder in his pocket. He confronted Magnata and got basically no useful information. The docuseries mm. has like clips of this interaction. Um, it, it's nothing useful to the investigation. So shortly after West received an email from John Kilbride, who is the name of another victim of the Morse murders. Yeah. And um, the email said that Magna, that the person yes. who posted the videos would be making more movies this time with oh humans. Oh, God. <gasps> yeah. So a post is made in the Facebook group by a sock puppet account calling out Thompson that says body move in 99. The profile, this is honestly horrifying. The profile of the person that made this uh, um, comment linked to a video that shows a homemade walkthrough of the casino that Thompson worked at. <gasps> Holy shit! Yes. It was basically somebody with a like a cell phone camera just walking through the casino she worked at. Oh, and fuck. she was tagged. She was tagged in it, <gasps> so this person knew she worked there. Oh my! Even God, though no. she had a, even though she had like a fake profile, not fake, but like yeah, a yeah, profile yeah, yeah, with yeah. not her name on it. A secure profile, yes, lockdown. Yes, secure profile. That's it. Oh um, my god! Honestly, like your blood Holy runs cold. Fuck nuggets. Yeah, terrifying. I have yeah. So Thompson was forced to inform her employers of the situation for her protection. She was like, yeah. she was like, I don't know if he's going to show up with a knife. I don't know or if worse. he's going to. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to hide in the back of my car. Like they're they're very very certain it's Luca Magnata. Yes. Who's doing this? So the, at least they have a name. But he's been using so many different so many, of these sock yeah, puppet aliases. accounts. You can't even nail down who this, where this person's going to pop up next. Oh my god! Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, Green received a Facebook message prompting him to look at another video. Um. He was preparing for more cat torture. Obviously, mm. that's that's going to be horrifying. But. When Green played the video, he saw that Magnata had finally graduated to murder. <gasps> yeah. No, no, no. End no, of no, episode no. one of the docuseries. <laughs> that Holy was episode shit. one. Yeah. Holy shit. Yes. Okay. I don't need the documentary. <sighs> I've got Haley. Right? Let's let's take a deep breath. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Commercial break. Get your popcorn. Yep. Oh, oh. Okay, back. Okay. So Green shared the information with the group and everyone was equally just fucking freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said before, nothing is shown, but if you are sensitive, maybe skip three minutes and 90 seconds to five okay. minutes and 23 seconds while Thompson describes the video. Um, yeah, nothing is shown really. It's just like atmospheric of the room of some, like of a body on a bed and somebody else in the room. Yeah. Um, they try to collect any information they can to confirm that this is definitely Magnata and there are similarities including how he treats the victim is the same of how he treated the cats in the videos mm. how it's shot and the music playing in the background oh. 
Uh, also included in the murder video is the killing of a small black and white dog. That's no, going to come up later. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, so that's that that's going to be a thing that comes up later. So just remember that. Great. Um, I don't. While wanna. the investigators are certain uh, that this is Magnata's work, they can't prove where it happened and therefore can't involve the proper authorities. So they have this video of somebody being murdered. Yeah. But they don't know who to bring this information to. Right. You can't bring it to your local authorities. That's not going to do any good. We don't know right. where this person is. Um, all they have to go on is the detective that they had contacts with at the Toronto Police Department. Right. And they sent the video to to him just as a like to cover themselves. Be like, this is happening. This person we told you about, they finally graduated to murder. This is going on. Yeah. Um uh the group were waiting for some more action to occur after they sent the video to the police, but with no news in over 24 hours, they decided um, to go through more of Magnata's photos to see if there's anything new that would give up his location. This guy is uh, a narcissist. He's going to, he loves to talk about himself. He loves right. to post videos. He's right. going to, he's going to give up something soon. So they come across a new photo that they hadn't seen before showing Magnata in front of some stone steps. Um, The foliage on the trees was still sprouting. So this is like around the time that they were doing the investigation. So uh, Thompson knew that it was probably a recent photo. Um, The pedestrian lights were also unlike anything they had seen before. And after doing a little bit of digging, they found out that these lights, the way the lights were shaped, matched Mm -hmm. ones that were in Montreal. Wow. Yes. Uh, They're then good. Began, yes. Then began the painstaking process of going down every street in Montreal on Google Street View. Oh, my God. Click, look, click, look, click, look. Finally, Green reaches an area he believes is where Magnata took the photo near McGill University in Montreal. Now, the, the doc skips. Mike Nadeau, who is a janitor, noticed a locked suitcase covered in maggots as he was taking out the garbage from a building. Yeah. Nope. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. He opens the bag, obviously. Oh, my God. Uh, The police arrive and remove a punctured torso of a white male. Oh, my God. Uh, The group is notified of the body being found and immediately try to get in touch with the Montreal police. They're like, we have this video. Like, we have the video of this person being killed. But they receive no response, and Thompson angrily tries to contact them on Twitter. Still no response. Like, listen to us. Like, we have information for you. Yeah. Um, but they're not getting anywhere with it. So, along with the suitcase, there are 33 bags of garbage uh, containing a, like, bloody bedding, the black and white dog, mm. arms and legs of the victim, no hands or feet, uh. and a screwdriver with a handle painted silver to try to look like an ice pick. But there's also oh. paperwork with Magnata's name on it. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I love that stupid bitch. But police come to the conclusion that the body they found is Magnata's because it had oh, his address on it. The suitcase me. was found outside of his address. They think he was murdered in his home and left outside. If so, any French Canadians are listening, what the fuck? I mean, just what the fuck? I don't blame them. It, it, like, oh, I do. No, that's where you start. Like this is the They're information I have. Emails though. They're getting tweets. They're getting emails saying we know I don't, information. But I can't even. You can't confirm that they even saw it. 
Like, I don't know who the mm. Twitter, who handles the fucking Montreal Police Department Twitter. Um, True. So they went to check the address indicated on the paperwork and found nothing out of place in the apartment, although an officer mentioned that it smelled like chemicals. But without a warrant to search the apartment, they couldn't do anything else. The detectives discovered several security cameras, one in the basement where the garbage cans were kept. Footage shows Magnata going back and forth to the garbage cans at least 20 times between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. on the day the suitcase was found, and he was wearing a shirt that was found in one of the garbage bags. Gee, I wonder what that could mean. Well, that could mean that he was murdered and the shirt was also included in the garbage. You don't know. For fuck's sake, I guess. Later that day, a package was delivered to the headquarters of the Conservative Party at Montreal's capital containing a human foot. Whoa! Another package containing a hand was sent to the Liberal Party. What the fuck? Yeah. The investigators in the Facebook group went nuts, and Thompson started feeling some guilt. She said, quote, Did I do too much? Did I egg him on and give him the attention he wanted? And it was like a drug, and it stopped being enough for him. Did he need more attention? End quote. So... She decided for a little bit she needed to remove herself from the situation. She, she felt responsible. Yeah, yeah. Because he knew that they were searching for him. Yeah. And they, he, they were leaving all of these, he was leaving all these like little clues. And this just amped everything up. Yeah, he so, treated it like a game. Exactly. Once the police obtained information from the post office where the body parts were sent from, they knew that Magnata was their suspect. Police descended on his mother's home for more information, but left when she confirmed that he wasn't there. Mm. Montreal police contacted the detective in Toronto and the Facebook group scrambled to get all of their research together. Police see the murder video for the first time and are able to put a face to the victim, an Asian man in his early 30s. Security footage from the apartment building the night before the suitcase is found shows Magnata entering the building with a man identified as June Lin. I'm, I've come to understand that June Lin is the westernized version of his name. It's usually okay. it's usually flipped, like Lin, Lin June, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but because the documentary refers to him as June Lin, I'm going to continue to refer to him as June Lin just because that's how the documentary refers to him as. Right. Um, so Lin was described by his friend, Benjamin X.U. Zoo? Probably Zoo. Yeah. Because X.I., I believe, is Z. Okay. So... Um, he described him as being uh, like the shy engineering student having come to Canada to seek basically the liberal f- freedom to come out. He said he wasn't oh, exactly baby. out, but he was like, he was like kind of dating. He knew who he was. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was coming into his own. He was like, yes. he was going to be, yes. he was going to make his life there. Um, oh, baby. He was committed to his studies and he hoped to stay in Canada after graduating oh. to start a business. Um, he wasn't the kind of person to be out of contact for a long period of time. Um, Zoo did a wellness check to his apartment when Lynn's ex-boyfriend expressed concern that he could not get in contact with him for a few days. Mm. Lynn's cat had clearly not been fed in a while and there was food out in the kitchen. Like, just, things were just out. Like, yeah. he, like yeah. he all of a sudden disappeared. Police went to Lynn's apartment to gather items for a DNA comparison, and Zoo found the murder video online and heartbreakingly was able to identify his friend. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can you that imagine? I literally, the fact that this person can even articulate words after this point. Yeah. Can't. After any oh of these people God. saw this video and can still be human beings, I can't even imagine. 
Um, so once the news broke about Jun Lin, Thompson knew it was her mission to put Magnata away. So yeah. she wanted to identify his last movements to pin down his location. So she started with the puppy in the video. Yeah. The puppy would have had to have been acquired somewhere along the way. So she started combing through Craigslist ads. There was one a few days before the murder that said that this person had limited space uh, in their apartment, but they were looking uh, for a puppy. They were an experienced owner and their family owned a pet store. This set off some bells for Thompson, who remembered that one of Magnata's sock puppet accounts said that um, that their parents also owned a pet store. So she was she was wow. looking for similar like information. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Meanwhile, there was like 50 sock puppet accounts for this person. Yeah, that's what I'm so thinking. Like the fact, the fact that, that she can remember that. Yeah. That's how in-depth she is in this investigation. Going back um, to, that's a much more, or that's indicative yeah, of analyst. a much more, yes, like yeah. a much more like big data analyst yep. job. So staying on Craigslist, she decided to find more information on how Magnata could have come into contact with Lynn. Thompson noticed that Magnata's writing, he would always use a space, then a comma, then another space. He would spell the word probably wrong all the time. And he used the same kind of like verbiage, like he, like the same words were in like all of his posts. Yeah. So these interesting details set apart one listing, the night of the murder, and chillingly the ad said that the person who posted it would be making a movie. Uh-uh, nuh-uh, yeah. no thank you. So the police finally got a warrant for Magnata's apartment. When they tested it with luminol, it lit up like a Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. great. There was just evidence of the crime everywhere. Uh, the scent of blood and chemicals to cover it up were unmistakable. Jun Lin had clearly been murdered on the bed and dismembered in the bathtub. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, Thompson further analyzed the murder video, this time focusing on the song that was playing in the background. It's True hmm. Faith by New Order. And it's also the song that plays in the opening sequence of American Psycho. <gasps> oh. yes. There's going to be a lot of like these pop culture connections. We're going to get to a big one towards the end. But oh, great. Christian Bale's character is very similar to Magnata. He's very vain. He's obsessed with his looks, his image. And um, he loves business he harbors, cars. <laughs> yeah, right. He harbors a secret life as this killer. Thompson and... The Facebook investigators just knew that given the opportunity, Magnata would kill again. Yeah. Just like just like Christian Bale's character in American Psycho. Patrick Finally, Bateman, that's it. Yes. Um, finally, in a press conference, the Montreal police name Luca, Luca Rocco Magnata as the suspect uh, in the murder of June Lin. They asked the Facebook investigators for access to their group and research but Thompson Green and the others were worried that the police would do what they had done in the beginning and underestimate Magnata. They knew uh, that he had fled Toronto after the kitten videos, so they were sure that he would do the same after this. Right. Green mentioned there was a Casablanca photo uh, poster on the wall of the murder video, and he took that as a clue. Following the famous line of the movie, we'll always have Paris, that's where they started to look. Ooh. End of episode two. Oh, you fucking smart motherfuckers. Holy shit. Right? Uh, so news of the crime reached all corners of the world. It yes. was uh, just a situation Magnata had always wanted. Thompson oh, said, quote, Luca wanted to be known. He just didn't want to be caught. 
It's at this point that Magnata's mother, Anna Yorkin, expresses her frustration with the Facebook investigators and claims that they don't have the full story and that they're after the wrong person. This is like a little bit of a tease. We're going to get back to this in a little bit. Um, this last episode kind of like shifts perspectives a bunch. So it's kind of mm -hmm. hard to put this story in a chronological order, but this is the best I could do. So okay. the police have a warrant for Magnata's arrest and assuming that he's going to flee, they get access to airport security cameras. Magnata is seen going through security and boarding a plane for Paris. Yes. Yes. They contact the French authorities immediately. And when he lands, Magnata is seen heading into the taxi line to pick up a car. Uh, the company, car, and driver of Magnata's taxi are identified. And the driver confirms the hotel where he dropped Magnata off at. <gasps> Oh, I love it. Security cameras at the hotel show him entering, and when authorities arrive, it's confirmed that Magnata has a reservation there for one night, but he never stayed there. Oh, fuck. Yeah. He at knew. This point, he knew. Yeah. At this point, the trail is lost. He could be anywhere. Thompson goes back to the beginning, and Magnata's adoration of DiCaprio's character in Catch Me If You Can. True. The whole movie like I said, it's about the chase, and that's exactly what Magnata was after. Exactly, yes. Thompson knew that he would leave breadcrumbs to keep up the chase. They found a blog post of Magnata's from 2009. This is 2012? 2012? Okay. Um, so this blog post from 2009 is titled, How to Completely Disappear and Never Be Found. He's oh, not wow. Subtle. Uh, that well, yeah, no shit. He's not subtle, Haley. He's killing kittens. I know. So that blog post uh talked about things like you got to cut ties with people who could give up your location. You got to liquidate all of your assets into cash so you can't be tracked digitally, and you have to acquire false identification. So even with all of this description, um, there's no point in running if no one is going to chase you. So Magnata did leave a clue. Yeah. Canadian police informed the French authorities that his ATM card was used in Paris at a specific ATM machine. Okay. ATM machine. That's not correct. <laughs> the M is machine. It's like and bento it, box being box box. Yes. Um, so the security footage of this ATM confirmed that he was there. They could see him there. After searching all of the hotels in the area and coming up with nothing, the case hits another standstill. Oh, Wow. The next day, the story hits the Paris news cycle and hundreds of reports of sightings start to come in. Most of them are unhelpful, but they have mm -hmm. to check each one, which is frustrating. Yeah. Um, Yorkin told the documentarians that the person that they should be after is a puppet master and not her son. She explains that he had moved to Toronto at 16 to pursue modeling and acting. And when that didn't work out, he became an escort. He was making pretty good money as an escort, but soon the clientele became more sinister. They wanted things like domination and abuse, and Yorkin felt that he was in danger. A client by the name of Emmanuel Manny Lopez soon became like Magnata's keeper. Magnata told his mother that no matter what he did or where he went, Manny would find him. He claimed that he had connections and that Magnata had to do what he said. Yorkin was sent the cat video by people... Uh, in like that knew him that were in her family pretty much that said that it looked like Magnata. She called her son to confront him about the video and he said that Manny had forced him to do it. He said that Manny right. was selling the videos on the dark web. 
he told her to look at the end of one of the videos where you can see another pair of hands. So he clearly oh. wasn't there alone. You, there are another pair of hands there. Yeah. So I, I don't know what that's about. Um, but Maybe he's got really handy looking feet. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but York pleaded with her son to contact the police, but Magnata said that if she did, he would cut all ties with her because Manny was dangerous and something bad could happen to her or other people that they knew. So this is when the doc jumps to New York in 2011. This is a year before the murder. Uh, when Magnata contacted uh, attorney Romeo Salta and he, Magnata said, it's a matter of life and death. I have to see you immediately right now. Salta described Magnata as, quote, very pathetic, vulnerable figure, end quote. Um, he explained, uh, Magnata explained how Manny had forced him to make the cat videos. Later that day, Magnata emailed Salta a list of abuse he endured by Manny, which included things like, quote, strangled me with his hands and electrical cords, stabbed me with a pencil and pen, forced me to eat animal parts and bought worms and made me eat them, end quote. Oh, There's my. more, but it's disturbing. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, no, no, no. That's enough. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Magnata sent more emails showing injuries he received at Manny's hand. About a week later, Salter received a phone call from the Miami Beach Police Department saying Magnata was in the hospital. They said that he was apparently drugged, kidnapped, and raped by Manny and other people, and then left on the beach. Salter believed that Manny was very real and dangerous and was completely shocked a year later when he heard about the murder of June Lin. He was like, I, I, the, the Magnata that I had seen doesn't look like the kind of person that could do this yeah so jumping back to the investigation in paris authorities received a tip that a man named luke who claimed to have stayed at the hotel magnata had a reservation for contacted a man named jean christophe i think is how you say his name sure um he was questioned and said that he first spoke to this luke person on a romantic website and they had texted um and he had come over and slept on his couch he had stayed until the next morning, but when John Christophe saw the news, um, that was when he contacted the police. He he saw the news of like the story of like this person. He's like, I think that's the same person that stayed in my house. Smart dude. Too much. Um, so he gave the authorities the phone number that he had been using to contact right. Luke, um, which led them to a place where the phone was purchased. Um, every hotel in that area was inspected one by one and um at one of them the receptionist said that he had been he had indeed paid for eight or nine nights in cash the authorities entered the room and found the t-shirt that he had arrived in the country with and a student id for the university of toronto with luca magnata his name uh on it and it was attempted to be flushed down the toilet i i think it was him leaving a clue to be completely honest yeah more importantly the reservation was made under an alias Kirk Trammell. You have to remember this. It's going to be important. Okay. Kirk Trammell. Yes. Having gone completely on the run and attempting to erase his identity, once again, he could be anywhere. Then, with a stroke of luck, CCTV footage from a small internet cafe in Berlin, Germany, shows Magnata entering. The cafe owner was a very avid reader of the news, so he was well aware of the story and immediately recognized Magnata's face when he appeared in front of him. He led Magnata to one of the computer booths he had at his cafe. And um, just to confirm his identity and, like, see who this really was. Yeah. He, like, fake cleaned up around the area, always keeping an eye on him. 
Oh, and saw that Magnata was looking up information about his own crime on the oh computer. Oh my god. Yeah. So, Inspector Mark Lige, L-I-L-G. Lige? Lige. Um, like my liege? Maybe. Uh, of the Berlin police was doing some training with cadets, about like six or seven cadets, when he was flagged down by the cafe owner. The CCTV footage shows like eight uniformed officers entering the cafe and leave with Magnata in handcuffs. Mm. So basically no airline wanted to be associated with him. And Magnata was extradited to Canada and taken to Canada by the Canadian army. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. They sent a plane to Berlin to pick him up and come back. Because they said he was too dangerous to be on a commercial flight. Yeah. Um, the Facebook investigators were all celebrating as the plane touched down. And it was like a moment they had been waiting two years for. During questioning with the police, Magnata continued to claim that Manny was the reason he had committed the crimes. And upon investigation, it was um, confirmed that Magnata had made complaints about Manny to many people in the years before the murder. The Facebook investigators are not convinced that Manny exists. They do some digging no. into his old aliases and find the name that he used at the hotel, Kirk Trammell, or K. Trammell. This is the name of Sharon Stone's character, Catherine Trammell, in, his, in one of Magnata's favorite movies, Basic Instinct. Yes! Yeah. In the movie, Catherine Trammell is seen straddling her boyfriend, who is tied to a bedpost with an artistic stained glass piece right above the bed. And this is basically the same framing as the murder of June Lin. Like, he was tied up. There was the, I mean, it wasn't stained glass, but there was a Casablanca poster centered uh, above the bed. Magnata was straddling him. And Catherine Tremell kills her lover with an ice pick. Oh, my God. The screwdriver that June Lin was killed with was painted to look like an ice pick. Ice pick. Ha! Now... That abusive ex-lover that Catherine Tremell kills in the movie is named oh. Manny Vasquez. Oh! Yep. So authorities have never actually found any real as evidence of the existence of Manny Lopez. And Luca Magnato was found solely responsible for the murder of June Lin. In He's December hanging out 20- with- Oh, go ahead. In December 2014, Magnato was found guilty of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Hell yeah. And Manny is hanging out with Zanny the nanny. Probably. Casey Anthony's little nanny friend. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Deanna Thompson and John Green finally met in person after the trial, after spending like a very intense like two years like searching yeah. for this person. Um, Do they fall in love? No. <laughs> but they, they finally meet and it's it's satisfying at the end of the doc to like see them like. Yeah, like, get to see each other for the first time. Um, so, recent news: uh, early during the COVID nineteen pandemic in May of twenty twenty, it was rumored that Magnata might be paroled, but this is untrue. Okay, a rep from the correction correctional service of Canada is quoted as saying in a report, "quote Mr. Magnata is not eligible under law for any form of parole until June fourth, twenty thirty four." Good. End quote. The rep also said that the facility where Magnata is being kept had 15 positive uh, COVID-19 tests among inmates. This is as of May 2020. I don't have the current statistic. Yeah. Um, but 11 of those had recovered by that time the article was published. 
An additional 15 employees had tested positive by that time, and there were no deaths reported. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. It's a great doc. Uh, very interesting case. But the, the larger point of the docuseries, and it gets touched on at the very end, um, is basically the ramifications of the true crime fanatic. And yeah. as a person who watches, reads, and listens to true crime content almost daily, <laughs> to, especially to do this podcast, true, uh, it's hard to come to terms with the fact that by doing that, I may be feeding the beast. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Luca Magnata wanted fame and notoriety. And the same could be said of Ted Bundy, Dennis Rader, Gary Ridgway, Richard Ramirez, Ed Kemper, all of the serial killers we talked about, the school yeah. shooters, and the copycat killers. I mean, the Zodiac Killer fucking became a senator. Exactly. <laughs> Clearly, yes. <laughs> um, these people basically just feed on attention and by making documentaries and writing books and giving them flash nicknames, raising oh, yeah. them to household names like celebrities were giving them the exact thing that they always wanted. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a problem that we know all the names that I rattled off uh, and can picture them instantly, but we can't say the same of Timothy McCoy or wendy stevens or Teresa wallen like you you don't know who those people are but they're victims of serial killers yeah they're not people you can immediately think of like bring to your mind but if you see a photo of john wayne gacy you immediately know who it is and right. can rattle off a lot of facts about him which is it's just something that like i don't know how to I don't know. I don't know how to come to like terms with that. Yeah, it's, like, it's difficult to ra not rationalize necessarily, but just to like to to reason with yeah. because it is something that you find so interesting, but then also like okay, well where does the where does this end? Yeah, like, hang and on. It's I like, think I turned on my Google. Google go away. Thank you. She went away. <laughs> and it's basically like yeah, this could all be solved if we never talk about these people again. But I think by um, bringing awareness to the victims and saying this was this person, and especially the survivors, it's important yes. to tell their stories too. Um, that, yeah, this person went through this and either they came out the other side as a survivor or they were a victim and... They deserve to be remembered. I mean, having seven or eight docs about Ted Bundy, yeah, it's probably a little overkill. But if you're talking more about the victims and trying to give more information about the victims than the person that did all this bullshit and basically cutting down <laughs> the person that did all this bullshit and trying to make them seem... They're not, like, larger than life. Like, this was just some fucking dude who did a cowardly act and took a Many life for it. Like cowardly acts, yeah. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, in Magnata's case, it was only one person. But, God, did it have to be that person? Like, he had such a promising yeah. future. And he was, he was going to do something with his life that Magnata will never do anything with his life. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is fucking horrible. Right. Uh, I do have information about, like, um, who Magnata is as a person. 
not to go back on what we were just talking about of like not to to bring awareness to this person but right basically to give a little bit of background because the the doc doesn't really it paints him as such a villain but also it doesn't give him the courtesy of like not courtesy because he doesn't deserve any courtesy but it doesn't give him um give the case any background of like who is this person why would they do something like this and is there something that you can't explain how this happened but no is there something more there right um so just a little bit before we uh before we go magnato was born eric kirk newman uh to teenage parents in toronto in 1982 his parents later separated and they offer very different accounts of his childhood um in a book she later co-authored about her son magnata uh, Magnata's mother, Anna Yorkin, who I've talked about before, described his father as a, quote, pro proud Nazi, end quote. Oh. And an abusive husband and spouse. That's um, great. That's yeah. everybody's dream. Yeah. Testifying during her son's trial, his father, who described himself as a su- as suffering from schizophrenia, pinned the abuse on Magnata's mother, uh, Magnata's mother's family. So, obviously, it's the he said, she said, who's yeah. worse, whatever, your kid still is messed up. Like maybe focus on that a little bit before you try blaming each other. Right. Um, his mother remarried, but described her new husband as being abusive as well. She can clearly pick him. Uh, homeschooled until his middle school years. Magnata was reportedly severely bullied when he eventually attended school with other students and later dropped out before earning his diploma. He spent time in mental hospitals and lived in a group home. During a hospital visit when he was still a teenager, Magnata said he had experienced hallucinations and was later diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Okay. In one of his first documented crimes, Magnata was convicted of fraud in 2004 for misusing a friend's credit card and amassing around $17,000 in charges. Um, Oh. Yeah. He began pursuing an unsuccessful career as an actor and model, like I said, while working as an escort and appearing in pornographic films. Um, as part of what his sister would later describe as an effort to reinvent himself, he later, he legally changed his name to Luca Rocco Magnata. What a name. Yeah. So that's just a little history on him. He did have mental health problems. Not to say that that's an excuse for what he did. It's clearly not. There are tons of people that have mental health problems that don't abuse kittens and don't kill people. Um, but I just think maybe the doc should have, uh, focused on delved a little more into that just to give like a little um a little extra information and while they did kind of explain away the manny lopez thing with the basic instincts um premise it does make sense because a lot of the time he would reference like movies and stuff like it was the pop culture side of the true crime community that he was referencing so it does make sense. And he did have a connection to basic instincts. At one point, his mother shows like some of his stuff because like she has like a bunch of his things and he had a, a basic instinct keychain that she made a point of pointing out saying that like he loved this movie, blah, blah, blah. So mm, it does. Too much. Yeah, it does connect. Um, but there is that other set of hands in the video. Yeah. So they they can't explain that away. Like, who else was there? Somebody was there. That means somebody else is responsible for what 
for what happened. Yeah. Even if they didn't do it, they were witness to it. Right. Which is messed up. And like the doc doesn't cover that because it's much better to end with the the shocker that like it was uh it was the basic instinct connection. Well that and the closure, but they caught the guy. He's not out there anymore. One of them isn't out there anymore. Yeah. We don't know who this other person is. We don't there know could, if they there could have be another person the tendencies. Yeah. yeah, and we don't know if they are anything like Luca Magnata or if they are like Luca Magnata but better at it. I believe that Magnata is mentally unwell enough to have constructed Manny Lopez over a yes. year before he actually committed the murder. I yes. believe that he was always going to commit the murder. Yes. I'm in agreement so, with you there. I'm not saying that uh I'm not saying that there's definitely not anybody else because I mean there is that set of hands, of but course. I just don't believe I I more subscribe to the uh basic instinct connection that like yeah. he did invent this person and like a lot of the photos that he took was literally like ripoffs mm -hmm. from movie posters and stuff. Mm -hmm. He just referenced movies so much that it 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 does make sense that this yeah. would be a thing. Yeah. I don't know. If anybody else has any more information on the case, I'd be interested in uh finding out. Um I tried to look up more updates, but all I found was like the COVID-19 thing that he's not being released. Um but yeah, as far as feeding the beast by doing a podcast like this and by like being interested in true crime, I don't know. I can't reason with it. Yeah. All I can do is like say the victims' names, try to like bring them to the forefront. June Lin right. was it seemed like a really great dude that was going to do a lot and um Even the some fact scumbag that his, his took ex that away from him was concerned about like that his ex reached out to a friend of his and was like i haven't heard anything from him yeah. like that just goes to show like typically people with their ex they're like fuck that person like i don't want anything to do with them yeah. i don't he, give a shit what happens to them he clearly had people who loved him and who cared about him yeah. and who wanted the best for him and um his family is not really featured in the doc clearly i wouldn't expect them to be right um but there was an article that talked about how they did have a service um, later on and his family expressed just heartbreakingly. They're like, we're never going to see him again. We're never going to speak to him again. And he was the pride of our family. And um, his friend who was featured in the doc did say like in Chinese culture, uh, it's the son that is um, like the, the, trophy of the family pretty yeah. much just like yeah he is going to take care of the the parents when they get older like he is the example he is he's going to be he's like, going to carry the on the family name yeah, he's the pillar of this family and his family lost that and it's horrible that they did and it's just it's terrible it's a terrible case yeah god Ugh. So you don't have to watch the doc if you don't want to. I literally told you the entire story. Um, I'll post about stuff on the website, crimeculturepodcast.telembo.com. That's us. We, yes. We have links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our Patreon. So 
go ahead and do that. And we have more stuff coming soon, you know, weekly. We got some very exciting things coming in October. Yes. And yes, yes. we're already thinking about October. We are already thinking about October <laughs> because we're going to start recording that soon because I get married in October. So and that's I'm, why I'm thinking about October. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm not excited. trying to like record in my wedding dress. Um, so, I I would like I would like an episode where we record in your wedding dress. We both sit in your wedding dress and record. I'll take the skirt. I'll okay. sit under the skirt, but like not like that. It's hot as hell. So that's fine. That's fine. I like the heat. That's why I'm out here. That's true. And that's why you're in the middle of a nor'easter. I have a snow day tomorrow. You have a snow day tomorrow. Mm. I wish I had a snow day tomorrow. We did have snow for those who are in SoCal. We did have a little, a little slurry of snow. Sniblet. I like that Sniblet. 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 That's what they say on the Weather Channel, right? Yeah. Al Roker is the one, I think, who coined that phrase, right? Oh, all right. Right right after, you know, he sharded in the White House. Um, But that was a different Sniblet. Oh, you didn't know about that? We'll talk about this off mic. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's completely true for those who also are with Haley going, what? That's true. That's accurate. It's I fine. Mean, we've all done it. We've all sharded we're in the White humans. House. Yeah, we're all human. Come on. I'm I'm proud to say that I have never been to the White House, and that yeah, is as far as I am going to say. I walked by it during the Trump presidency and flipped it off, but I mean. Ah! I think we were supposed to go on a tour of it when I was in high school, but then something didn't follow through and we got the Capitol instead. But the difference is Capitol's I didn't fun. steal Nancy Pelosi's podium when I was at the Capitol. Yeah. Like Chip Gaines? Yeah. You see that? You see that meme? <laughs> I did see that meme. Yes. It wasn't actually Chip Games, but it, look- yeah, Games, but it looks like him. But it looks like him. It does. Yeah. And Joanna would sometimes. never let him do that. Um. Anyway. Uh, website, Patreon, social medias. You are now holding a cat, which is very I lovely. I am now holding a cat and I everyone, love him so. Everyone go snuggle their cats. Thanks again for everyone sending their animal photos oh, we called you yes. out last week and you came and through you delivered <laughs> beth um <laughs> we've been seeing some dogs we've been we saw chickens we saw chickens, hamsters hamsters um guinea Lots pigs of cats. Uh, yes guinea pigs like i i just i'm so i'm so happy i'm so full i all, am i'm all so of the full creatures. i keep all of them in my heart and like the names are just oh such yeah. good names you all are so creative with your naming of your animals please let us know if you would like us to name any of your animals because i've got i got a list. some ideas i have a list i have yeah. a list of cat names i'm gonna be good on cat names until i'm like 200 probably yeah me too yeah uh anyway we are going long on this episode and yeah, we uh to not go longer We are going to see you next Tuesday. Ooh, I'm down for that. All right. Bye. Bye.